This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Man, who Jeff Darlington just called a maniac at the end of that clip joins us right now on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Mike Rothstein as we hang out, presented by Progressive Insurance. Are you okay with that coming from Jeff Darlington, that you are a maniac, Carlin? Well, here's the thing. You have a show, you take some swings. Sure. And today, eh, maybe we struck out. <laughs> I just called Donkey Kong a movie in there, by the way, too, as opposed to a game. <laughs> like, I don't I even want to see the Donkey Kong about. movie. What's the plot behind that? I mean, other than the plot behind the game. I'm sure. I mean, I I didn't see the new Super Mario br- movie, and maybe he made an appearance there. I mean, because he was obviously Donkey Kong was very heavily featured in all of the Mario Kart video games. So I don't know if he made an appearance in in the movie that came out. So maybe that's I, what you were talking about. I have no yeah, idea. I don't know either. But uh, no, I I just clearly misspoke. And uh, you know, apologies to Jeff Darlington, who was always a good sport. Yeah, well, hey, there was actually a short film called Donkey Kong the movie in 2011. So I'm saving you there. There was, well, yeah, according to IMDb. Directed okay. by Sam Macaroni, written by Sam Macaroni, and starring Shay Carl and um, Sam Macaroni. Sam Macaroni. It was not Seguru Miyamoto, who, of course, invented Donkey Kong. It was not. It was Sam I thought Macaroni. everybody knew that, but whatever. Well, I mean, again, just you educating the masses. That's what you're doing every day on ESPN Radio. Uh, also, something that was happening today on ESPN Radio, the ESPN Radio Rankum, top five NFL head coaches. Who are the five that you put on your list of the top five NFL head coaches, Carlin? So, number one, obviously, well, I'll go five to one. How about okay. that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, listen, it's it's pretty easy, I think, to pick out who number one is right now. Uh, number one. Yeah. Number five is John Harbaugh. And the reason is you look at 10 playoff appearances in 15 years. Yes, one Super Bowl. But the Ravens are always in it. They're always good, and they always have a good defense. Nobody in the last 15 years since John Harbaugh has been the head coach, and, and some before it too, ever thought in a week coming in that they're going to play the Ravens? Eh, we got this. You know, this is, this is going to be an easy one. So I have Harbaugh number five. Number four, I've got Sean McDermott. And this is probably the one that people would scratch their heads at the most and I understand that, uh, especially when they haven't gotten over the hump to get to a Super Bowl yet. But I would point to the fact that over the last four seasons, the bill, the Bills are 47 and 18. I, I can't ignore that. That's a ridiculous number. And Josh Allen's a big part of it. I also look at the fact that they won 13 games last year after they lost Brian Dable. Allen's still turning it over too much, but I, I will give McDermott credit for that number three was Mike Tomlin the reasons everybody talks about never a losing season but even last year you know they were two and six entering the bye last year and they finished seven and two down the stretch and ended up having a chance to make the playoffs in week 18 number two is Sean McVay who I still don't think probably gets the respect that he deserves as a coach in the league because uh, six seasons one Super Bowl one other trip uh, last year was their first losing year, and that's, you know, they lost the quarterback, and it was a big problem for the rest of the season. But you take out that last year, he's 55 and 26. And oh, by the way, he's 37 years old. He's 37. 
I mean, that's absurd. <laughs> and then number one is, of course, Big Red Andy Reid. Ten-plus wins, eight straight years, and in 17 of his 24 years in a couple of Super Bowls as well. No Belichick, 25-25, and 25 because it is right now, 25-25 uh, and 25 since Brady left, uh, and one playoff blowout. Uh, I'm sure there are a couple of others. There are always a couple of others. Vrabel, if you want to look at it, you want to look at Kyle Shanahan, I get it. Uh, they're all hovering around six, seven, eight, nine for me. Well, a guy that Gabe had on his list was Doug Peterson. Yeah, who's Doug super, was in there too. For me. Inter- yeah, he's super interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, Doug was in there for me too in the discussion. Uh, the thing I would say is that they won the Super Bowl that one year. He did it with Nick Foles, did an amazing job. Followed it up with a couple of nine and seven years, and then they kind of fell off. You know, they got you know the following year they got the break with the double doink. Uh, against the Bears with the playoff win. Um, but last year, uh, really good job with the Jaguars. Uh, Peterson, very easily, if we have this next year at this time, we could very easily have him on the list. Yeah, I mean, the the Eagles decided to get rid of him because they wanted to decide with Carson Wentz, and then that was a bad idea. Yes, it was. Uh, it ended up working out for them because Nick Sirianni doesn't seem to be too bad of a coach, at least right now. Too early, I would say, even though they went to a Super Bowl last year to put him on a top-five list. But it seems to work. It seemed to have worked out for everybody in that situation, except for yeah, Carson yeah, Wentz because he's not very good. And Sirianni, um, you could argue, could be on that list right now, too. Uh, I laid off of that because I think – we're going to find out a lot about Nick Sirianni this year after two of his guys in, in Steichen and Jonathan Gannon go on to be head coaches somewhere else. How will he do with two new coordinators? What are the Eagles going to look like? We still expect him to be very, very good, but I think we'll find out more about Sirianni this year. Chris Carlin joining us here on KT Carlin ESPN Radio. Gabe Neitzel, Michael Rothstein hanging out with you as well. Uh, big night tonight in the NBA, 9 p.m. Eastern over on, AB, or excuse me, over on ESPN. Victor Wembanyama making his semi-debut for the Spurs, summer league debut for sure. What are your expectations for Wemby tonight? Obviously 40 points, 20 rebounds, 10 yeah. assists, yeah, and 10 really, blocks. You know, just really reasonable right. expectations. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. Listen, I, I don't know what the expectations are. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to see him play, considering this is the most hyped prospect that we've had I mean, if we are we calling him more hyped than we had since Zion? Uh, you know, since LeBron was Zion more hyped than him? It was close. I think him uh, and Zion I would, were close. Yeah, yeah. But I'm excited to see him uh, in summer league. I I just want to see what it's all about. Like, and I I get it that we're not going to get the truest feel for it until we get into the regular season. I want to see what the touch is like. Uh, I want to see what he's like handling the ball, all that kind of stuff. I, I want to see what is around the hype of Victor Webanyama. I'm very much looking forward to that. Maybe it's just me. I, I actually want to see him go right at Brandon Miller tonight. <laughs> I, 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 I want to see him say, you know what? Listen, guy, number two pick, I'm going to prove to you how much better I am than everyone else in this class. <laughs> i tell you what, Brandon Miller's a really good player. He is. I mean, I, I had a couple of his games this year on ESPN Radio, and uh, and they were both losses, and he wasn't even at his best. And you still see it, You're like the he, they got blown out by Oklahoma in one game, and he the smoothness with which he plays is just like you marvel at it when you see it, and you don't see it very often. I think that's about as good of a compliment you can give a prospect that in blowout losses you can still tell when they don't have it at their best. Because a lot of times with young prospects, you go, okay, what are they at their best? But if they're still really good at their worst, whoo, look out. Well, good to your point, to your point, Gabe, and I think that's fair. 
you know, his body language and those kind of losses weren't bad. It wasn't bad. Like mm-hmm. he was never, you see that a lot with guys when things are not going right, that their body language stinks and it's part of maturing. You didn't see that with him. Now, obviously, there's a lot of off the court maturing uh, to be done, but on the court, uh, he was an incredibly smooth player and I think he's going to be a really good NBA player. Garland, appreciate you jumping on. Enjoy your weekend, my friend. Really, right now, I'm just going to be focused on the fact that I called Donkey Kong a movie. And now I'm not going to get that out of my head. It's going to be a tough weekend. Maybe, you know? maybe go watch the short. I, I don't know if the short's any good. I, I, mean, I don't well, know if the Sam Macaroni look, short's any good, but I think yeah, someone I mean, should go I, find I'm, it. I'm doubting it exists. Like, you keep saying Sam Macaroni, which sounds like the most made-up name ever. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm doubting that it even exists. That sounds like a place in Queens I could go for dinner. Ooh. <laughs> Give it, I mean, and I probably would. In. Yeah, call back in with a review if you do go. Yeah, well, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, Garland. Uh, by the way, just to just to put a fine point on my man Sam Macaroni here, he directed Blackout in 2022, Guest House. He was part of the additional crew for John Wick Chapter 3. He played oh. himself in Steve-O, Guilty as Charged. So, there you yeah. go. Played uh, himself he, in Steve-O movies or... <laughs> TV specials, whatever it is. Uh, we were just talking about Victor Wembanyama and his Summer League debut, and that is going to be a hot ticket tonight. Hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. NBA free agency is here. They have the ability to improve this roster and just keep growing this young core that they have. The balance of power could be shifting in the NBA. Get the very latest moves, news, and what it all means. Free Agency Frenzy. It's right here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. He's Michael Rostin. I'm Gabe Knight. So we fill in on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Going to play a fun little game right now where we bring in our producer, Shannon Penn. Little fun game called The Ceiling is the Roof. The ceiling is the roof. Yeah, the ceiling is the roof. We're gonna look at the What does what, that mean? The ceiling is the roof, Mike. You didn't know? Uh, no. When in doubt, the ceiling is the roof. It's pretty right there in your face. Yeah, I mean I, self-explanatory. It's very self-explanatory. When in my doubt, brain, my brain is just gone into a different in doubt, stratosphere. The ceiling is the roof. <laughs> my brain is with Carson. The Wentz ceiling right now. is the roof. Well, speaking of ceilings, I'm going to ask you guys: What's the ceiling for these respective NBA teams after the moves that they made this offseason? Sounds good. Sure, let's do it. All right, cool. So, Mike, I'm going to start with you. And the first team, the Phoenix Suns. We know they made the big trade for Bradley Beal. They got rid of Chris Paul. Some of the other signings included Eric Gordon. So, for you. Mike, what's the ceiling for the Phoenix Suns this season? Skyscraper. Uh, that's that's what we're playing, right? We're, we're, we're the ceiling buildings. is the roof. <laughs> I've broken Shannon Penn by saying that. No, I, listen, the ceiling for them is it is by far an NBA championship. They have a really strong top three. You can argue that maybe it's the best top three, best top three in the league with KD, Beal, and. Devin Booker, and we're not even talking about DeAndre Ayton there. So you can almost say it's almost definitively the best top four in the NBA. The ceiling is the tallest building in the United States. That's the ceiling. When it comes to the Suns, I still want to see it happen. I got to see how this works, man. With Bradley Beal going in there, I mean, this is truly, when you think about big threes and the way that they've come together, LeBron and D-Wade had to figure out how to coexist, and and Chris Bosh could kind of you know, fix into the, you know, figure out how to fit in 
between those two and, and the way they ran the offense and the way they would alternate possessions. I mean, these are three wing players that all need the ball in their hands. Now, I, I don't know how this is going to work in Phoenix. And oh, by the way, Kevin Durant's not getting any younger. Dude's had some injury issues. I got a lot of questions about the Suns. I don't think. I understand why people think the ceiling for them is championship. I think the ceiling for them is Western Conference Finals. I don't think that's a championship roster. Real, wait, really? Like, I, 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 man, I, I'm surprised there because I'm not. Listen, when I say ceiling is a title, I just want to be very, very clear. That's what a ceiling is. I'm not saying that is mm-hmm. the average mean. The ceiling to me is a title based off of the hair they're built. I, I just don't think it can all mesh. Like getting those pieces to work together is still important, and I don't know if all those pieces with adding Bradley Beal. I don't think that that all works together. All right, Gabe, the next team on this list, what's the ceiling for the Los Angeles Lakers? Some of the moves that they made, bringing back Rui Hachimura, uh, bringing back Austin Reeves, they signed Cam Reddish, they're bringing back D'Angelo Russell, and of course the biggest move the Lakers made this year was signing this guy. Gabe Vincent! Gabe Vincent, that's right. So Gabe, what's the ceiling from one Gabe to the next? Gabe What's the ceiling for the Los Angeles Lakers this season? Ceiling for them is what it was this year. It's a Western Conference Finals appearance. I, I just think that with a it's still an aging roster, you don't know how healthy Anthony Davis is going to be. LeBron continues to get older, and, and I know he held up for the most part this past season. I, I still just have a hard time, even though I like the moves that they made at the trade deadline, they seem to mesh and, and get things together. It seems like other teams in the West have gotten better around them, and they kind of more or less stayed the same. I think Western Conference Finals, I, I don't think this is a championship team. Based off of the roster construction as of now, it's Western Conference Finals. I'm, I'm with Gabe there. They're just not loaded enough, and they're too injury-prone to get I think to the NBA Finals, unless a lot of other teams have injuries around them, it's just not. It's just not there for me. They need to add one more scorer. If they do that, then I think the ceiling is much higher. But they need to. Right now, uh, I'm not sold on who their third scorer is. All right, Mike. Well, let's go to this next team. Looking at the ceilings for teams this season after the moves that they made, the Golden State Warriors. They are, of course bringing back Draymond Green. They made the trade for Chris Paul. So, Mike, what's the ceiling for the Golden State Warriors? Uh, mm, mm, I'm trying the Chrysler Building. We'll go with that. That's the, the ceiling, ceiling is the roof. Where it's a skyscraper for sure, which means that their ceiling is a championship because that roster, as constructed, that core have won championships before, as early as not this past season, but the season before. Chris Paul is going to add something to that, even if it's just high level depth off the bench. The ceiling is still probably the championship, but it is a very, it's a little bit of a lower ceiling than maybe the Suns, for instance, or the Nuggets. But the ceiling's still a title because they still have Steph Curry. Yeah, ceiling's a championship uh, for that team. That that core is together. You heard Steve Kerr talk about at the end of the season that they could, you know, the, the team just couldn't pick the pieces back up after Draymond Green hit Jordan Poole in the face during preseason. And he also said, well, we can't win a championship without Draymond. And Draymond ended up winning out, right? And they add Chris Paul. I'm really curious to see what he is and how he fits there. But if he buys into kind of being that second-team point guard where there's not going to be a ton expected of him, he can still lead a second team. He can still knock down shots. He can still be the assist man. I really like that Warriors team. Championship is the ceiling for that team. All right, last team here on the list, Gabe. What is the 
ceiling for the Dallas Mavericks. Some of the offseason moves they made, they uh, signed Kyrie Irving to a three-year extension. Yep. They agreed to a deal with Seth Curry. They uh, made the big trade there. I don't know if we we'll call it big, but they made a trade for Grant Grant Williams. So Grant Gabe, Williams, yeah. What is the ceiling for the Dallas Mavericks? <sighs> Western Conference semis. Like this was a team that completely fell apart and then tried to actively not win. The league catches them in it and then ends up doling out punishment for it. The Western Conference is loaded, and I- I'm not. I'm not big on Jason Kidd as a head coach. Saw it firsthand right here in Milwaukee when he was the Bucks head coach. I, I think they, if, if they get a different head coach, maybe he's the one who can kind of turn it around. But nothing last year made me think that Kyrie plus Luka equals championship. That, that math just doesn't work for me. So I'm going to say, I mean, there's, there's a lot of talent there, and they could probably put it together to get to a Western Conference semifinals, but they also have to put it together, which they didn't really do in the second half of the season. So you want to know the ceiling, Shannon Penn? Is that what we're getting at here? I want to know what the ceiling is. Okay. The ceiling's the third floor of a dilapidated fifth floor walk up in Chelsea. Like a tree with roots. That, that, that's where I'm at. Any team with Kyrie Irving, it, to me, is not going to be a winner. We, we've seen that over and over again. Yes, he had some success early in his career, but it didn't work in Boston. Everywhere he's gone, there's eventually been issues. They gave him a three-year deal. I To me, there's more of a likelihood that Luka says, I'm done with this, and gets out, then this team going very far, maybe they make the playoffs. I'm not sold they even do that. That, that. That's where I am with this team. Their moves did not do anything to inspire me whatsoever. No, man, this you're, team... You're this not team, in on Grant Williams? No, not is, in on Grant Williams. Who Grant, was in and out of the rotation for the Celtics down the stretch? Yeah, no, not 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 there, Gabe Knight. So Grant, Grant Williams can help, you know, move, move into my dilapidated walk up here on the third floor, but it's going to be just, you know, there's there's leaks in the ceiling. You're looking up. You see those brown watermarks up there. Like, it, you're just not feeling good about it. You're like, if this holds together, it's going to be okay. But the chances of it holding together are very, very infinite the second there's the beginning of rainfall. Coming up next right here on Canty and Carlin, a prominent college football coach has been suspended for two weeks let you know who that is and get more details on that story. Coming up next, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Gabe Knights, and Michael Rothstein filling in for the boys this afternoon. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Northwestern has been investigating a hazing inquiry since earlier this year. And today, the results of those coming out, Pat Fitzgerald has been suspended two weeks, among other things, and doing some great reporting on it over at ESPN.com. Has been Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com, college football senior writer, who joins us now. This seems like, to me, Adam, Pat Fitzgerald being suspended for two weeks, it seems like a slap on the wrist because this isn't a two-week suspension that starts in the middle of the season or at the beginning of the season. It's a two-week suspension that starts now. How do you interpret the punishment handed out by Northwestern to their head coach today? Right. So the punishment won't obviously impact preseason practices. He'll, he'll be at Big Ten media days, which take place the week after he comes off of the suspension, which began today. It's important to note that the investigation did not turn up any evidence that coaches knew about the, the hazing uh, that, that went along. I mean, even the player uh, responses were a bit conflicted, but they did find enough evidence to corrobor- corroborate that, 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 that something went on that, that shouldn't have gone on and that there were opportunities for it to be reported on. So it wasn't as though they found uh, Coach Fitzgerald or any of his staff you know, knew about this and didn't do anything, but – as part of the, you know, the, the, the measures, the corrective measures, you know, he is obviously suspended beginning today without pay for two weeks. Uh, all right, right. Let, 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 let's call this what this is. This is just like a vacation for him because what was he going to be doing anyway at this time of year? Right, Mike. Yeah, I mean, a lot of coaches do take vacation <laughs> uh, right around now. But, you know, there are some that, that, that are in the office and starting their game planning uh, process. You know, the, the coach's offseason is shorter and shorter and there's not a whole lot of uh, you know, truly off time. Um, but, you know, honestly, I think the most important uh, of the measures that was put in is that somebody has to monitor the locker room who does not report to Pat Fitzgerald or anyone on his staff. So you're essentially bringing an outsider into the locker room. Um, that, that, that may end up being the most significant of the penalties. To your point, it, it's not going to affect him a whole lot in terms of direct involvement with the players. It's not going to affect any practices, certainly not, not any games, and really not even any major media obligations with the Big Ten media days uh, occurring later this month. 
Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com, senior college football writer, joining us right now on KT Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Gabe Nigel, Michael Rothstein filling in for the guys as Adam fills us in as Pat Fitzgerald of Northwestern has been suspended two weeks starting today due to a Northwestern hazing inquiry. Another part of this, they can no longer come up to the state of Wisconsin, go to Kenosha for um, you know some of the preseason workouts and, and stay there for an extended period of time. Do you think that's a big deal? Because I feel like that's something that the NFL has gotten away from from and t- camaraderie can be really you know built during times like that when you're away from campus is that kind of under you know just kind of lying underneath the, the the top part of the story is maybe that does hurt the team just a little bit yeah Gabe it's interesting you know Northwestern hasn't gone to Kenosha since COVID you know their, their last year was 2019 but it's something that in you know, I've reported around this team for many years was very uh, important to Pat Fitzgerald. They, it, start, it was a tradition that started when he was a player in the early 90s under uh, Coach Gary Barnett. They, they would spend a good chunk of the preseason off campus uh, up, in, up in Kenosha at various sites. And he, you know, that was continued through Randy Walker's tenure. It was, it was continued through the, the large portion of Pat Fitzgerald's tenure and, and might have, 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 have kept going on if COVID hadn't happened until now. But uh, a number of the you know, incidents that this uh, this single person alleged uh, involving hazing did occur in in Kenosha, so that was part of it. And you know, we, we will never know if they were going to bring it back, but 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 now, in light of this investigation, we know they won't. And I can tell you that it was a tradition that certainly mattered a lot to uh, Pat Fitzgerald, to some of the staff members, to former players over the years. But they they did not do it in 2021 or 2022, and I had not heard any plans. To, for, for them to go up there this year either. But it, it really is something that still occurs at a few places in college football, but it, it happened a lot more um, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago nationwide than, than it does right now. You know, Wisconsin under Luke Fickle, Luke did an off-site training camp at Cincinnati. Uh, I, I, I've heard that they, they, they may do something similar at Wisconsin. That's one of the few remaining schools, Arizona State's one, but, but there are really only a handful that, that, that do any training off-site, mainly because their their campus facilities are so good at the Power Five level. We're talking to Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com's college football senior writer here in Candy and Carlin. And, and Adam, I want to go back to something you said before about the monitoring of the football locker room by someone who doesn't report to Fitzgerald or his staff. Is there any sense of, is this a university employee, like a professor or someone like that? Is this an independent auditor, for lack of a better term, like kind of you know, nonprofits have independent audits by KPMG or whatever. Like, like, is there any concept of what this person is supposed to be or who they're supposed to be? Yeah, it's a great question, Mike, uh, and one I can follow up on. But yeah, I, I think it's somebody who probably will be a university employee, maybe an athletic department employee, but someone who is you know completely outside of the football program. And you know, how often will they be in there? How how you know, what, what types of reports are they going to collect? And then certainly those reports would be communicated to athletic director Derek Gregg and certainly some folks on the on the university administrative side. But that, that's an important uh, you know, part of this because you always hear from football and you cover football, you covered it at the college and the NFL levels, how important the locker room environment is. It has to be insular. This is our family. And to bring somebody in 
who's outside of that, who's who's looking for potential problems, that that's a that's a that's an important uh, uh, issue that, that could create a distraction. It could create a problem if if if, if it's uh, if it's somebody who who just doesn't connect with the program or finds things. I mean, it has that potential to be an issue. So that's certainly one part of this long beyond this this two week suspension that will be worth monitoring. Adam, we certainly appreciate the time. Great job keeping everybody up to date on everything happening with Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald. I'm sure you are just counting down the days to when you'll actually be reporting on the real football games and the things that everybody cares about. Yeah, we all are for sure, guys. Thanks for having me on today. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com, college football senior writer, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Coming up next, we talk about something I have no idea what it's about. So Michael Rothstein will try to educate me on UFC 290. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Hey, Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Michael Rothstein, filling in for the guys. And if this was last Friday, I think I could help out. There was a big WWE pay-per-view last week. And I know WWE, UFC, they're going to be coming together, starting their own company here soon. But when it comes to UFC, I, I'm clueless. And UFC 290, I know it's a big deal. I know July is a big deal uh, with International Fight Month. So I know this is a big deal. But I'm, I'm, I need to know why it's a big deal in the world of UFC. But that's where Michael Rothstein comes in. That's where Eric Hanman come in, where they're going to be able to help educate the novices like me on why this card this weekend is going to be such a big deal for UFC 290. We got music. I'll, yeah, I'll, got I'll, some great music. <laughs> we got some great music. All we needed now, I, I'm going to blame Eric here. Eric, if you had only had Bruce Buffer bring us in with, it's time. If that had happened, oh, nope. We don't have it. Oh, we don't have it? Okay, it's got it. too bad. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately we don't have though. it. Yeah, no, this, is what I, this is where my brain goes. But with International Fight Week, massive deal. If you follow UFC at all, you know that almost every year, International Fight Week is the biggest pay-per-view that UFC puts on, if not the second biggest pay-per-view that UFC puts on. And without question, I, I think we're at that this year too, Eric. But to me, one of the more interesting matches is one that is going to be before the pay-per-view card. And that, of course, and I, I almost called him Jerry the King Lawler because we were talking about Jerry the King Lawler <laughs> in the break. But it, it, it is Robbie Lawler. And Robbie Lawler is going to be, he's a Hall of Famer, he's going to be fighting in his final match here. Uh, I think it's a winnable match. I too. think it's a winnable match also. It's going to be the featured car the featured prelim bout, which means it'll be on ESPN. And ABC. And ABC. So you'll be able to watch. He's fighting Nico Price. If you don't know who Robbie Lawler is, uh you're missing out. He's forty one years old, by the way. He's twenty nine and sixteen, one no contest in his career. Nico Price, by the way, thirty three years old, fifteen and six. But Robbie Lawler, I mean, listen, Eric, you you're even more into the UFC than I am and, and I cover I cover combat sports for us here at ESPN, but Rob, Robbie Lawler is, like, for you, what does Robbie Lawler mean? 
Well, he's a former champion, yeah. and, and obviously his fight against Rory McDonald is getting inducted in the UFC Hall of Fame. So one of the more epic fights, and just one of the toughest men in the UFC. So um, he had taken some losing streaks over the years, so the fact that this is his last fight makes a lot of sense. But you always like to see a guy go out on top, and like I said, you know, Nico Price is no slouch. I mean, he's going to be a tough matchup for him. He's actually favored on Caesar Sportsbook, the minus 225 favorite. But I actually kind of like plus 185 with Robbie Lawler, his last fight. Nico gets into some uh, brawls. And I think that we're going to see a nice, tough matchup in, in, in what has been Lawler's career. So um, from from the perspective I want to give Gabe, I'm just like, this is a legend kind of going out, you know, and, okay. it's, and it's free. You don't have to pay for this Do, one. Is this going to be his last match? Do we know that? This is his was, last fight? It has been said by Dana White yeah. that this is his last, last fight. Yeah, okay. now in the UFC. Yeah, I mean, it is, impo- it is possible right. the, these All guys right. sometimes Again, fight now, we're, now we're talking pro wrestling language because, yeah. yeah, I mean, Ric Flair retired in WWE like a decade ago, and he's had a bunch of matches since then. No, without question. Just so Best people- of luck in your future endeavors, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, here's that greeting card on the way out. Uh, just to get, put a finer point on what he has done in his career. So he won the UFC welterweight title in 2014 when he beat Johnny Hendricks by split decision. Then that fight that he's getting inducted into Hall of Fame against Roy McDonald when he defended the welterweight title as fight of the night in UFC 189. So that was 101 UFCs ago or main UFC pay-per-views. And for those who are really uneducated on UFC, they number all of their pay-per-views. So this is the 290th really pay-per-view big-time card. Then he had one more defense of his title against Carlos Condit in 2016. Then he lost the welterweight championship to a guy named Tyron Woodley, who a lot of people are probably familiar with, of course, because Tyron Woodley had the title for a while. Then he lost the title and obviously then lost two fights in a row to Jake Paul in boxing. And and that is where Tyron Woodley is now. But unfortunately, just to explain where Robbie Lawler is now, Robbie Lawler has won one fight since the middle of 2017 when he beat Cowboy Cerrone. And UFC 214. He is then since that point, he is one in five. He beat Nick Diaz. Yeah, like guy who was off for five years. Nick yeah. Diaz, who like quit in that fight almost. I don't want to say he quit, but he basically at the third round like crumbled. But yeah, it's been a rough go for him, and I'm happy to see his last fight. Yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting for him. And like you said, I think it's a winnable fight, and you always want to see legends kind of get that win. In the end. And it's a good jumping off point to what the pay-per-view is going to be. Because yeah, it's absolutely I was static. about to say, so what are we looking at? And by the way, UFC 290, part of the weekend preview brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote and get started on seeing how much you could save. So that kind of leads us to the main card. What are the ones you guys are looking forward to on the main card UFC 290 this weekend on ESPN Plus? Well, I'm going to take the main event out of it just because... That A, I think that's the easy answer. I want to see what Bo Nickel looks like because he is the guy that is being touted right now. He's a guy that feels like is being fast-tracked a little bit. And this is an interesting matchup for him in Val Woodburn. Val Woodburn's undefeated. He's 7-0. and But Bo Nickel's a guy that they're well, Trey, hoping becomes a Trey star. Trayshawn Gore had to pull out earlier in the week, so this is a short-notice yeah. fight. No one wants to fight this guy, Bo Nickel, because he's a, a, cha- a college champion wrestler from Penn State. And he's a phenom right now. That's what it is. I mean, he's on the pay-per-view over Robbie Lawler's last fight. That says something about what the UFC thinks of Bo Nickel. So it'll be interesting. The the, the odds on that is ridiculous. He's minus 2,800 to win this fight. That's how high of a prospect Bo Nickel is right now. 
in yeah, the middleweight and, division. And just to be clear about what who, what Bo Nickel has Bo Nickel, there we go, has done in the past: three-time NCAA Division One national champion out of Penn State, won the Big Ten Conference three times. He also wrestles with American Top Team, which is one of the top, if not the top, stable of fighters in MMA. Like he, this guy is being touted and he is expected to be the next big thing in UFC. Now we have seen this before. But it's not the, the best middleweight fight on the main No, event, it is not. On the main but, card. And we've seen this before, Eric, because you know this, that we have seen some Macy Barber on the women's side was touted as the next big thing. Then she's lost a couple fights. This she did, is, but she's won four in a row. She, she, has, just, she looks like an absolute savage now, in the women's division. Now she did, I know, but, now, I but know. early she lost one. But of course, Macy Barber was young. Bo Nichols 27 years old, so he's hitting his prime. No doubt about it. And that fight I'm talking about, Robert Whitaker... Dris- Driscus Duplessis, the winner of that maybe gets Izzy. Robert for the third time. Driscus, uh, the uh, South Africa versus Nigeria uh, uh, storyline there. Uh, Jalen Turner and Dan Hooker, finally going to see that fight. I'm really looking forward to that one. But the one I'm really looking most forward to, I think, is Brendan Moreno and uh, Alexandra uh, Alexandre Pantoja. They have faced each other twice already, and the, t- the champion has lost both. Think about that. The guy who, four <laughs> fights, he's won. Th- he, he, he finally... Got rid of Davidson Figueredo at the top of the card, but he lost to him in a fight that doesn't officially count towards his record on the Ultimate Fighter where he got submitted, and then he lost a a unanimous decision against Pantoja. So that's the one I'm looking forward to the most because those guys can can really go at it, and it's going to be a great battle. It will be, and we can't end this segment without talking a little bit about the main event really quickly. Alexander Volkanovsky, ESPN, tied for number one in pound-for-pound rankings. He is, of course, fighting Yair Rodriguez. He should be number one, I think. Yeah. And I think so, too. And Yair, it's minus 370 for, for Volk because he's that good, but Yair's going to give him a tough fight. He's a tough matchup for anybody. No, he is, and Yair's won three of his last four, the only loss coming to Max Holloway. And that is coming up UFC 290 this weekend on ESPN+. Plus. Coming up next, Victor Wembanyama or Zion Williamson, which has a better case to be the face of the NBA when LeBron retires. That's- Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.